1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Driving Law. I am Kyla Lee at Acumen Law, and with me is my colleague, superstar lawyer, Brandon Moscoe, who has an impressive track record of winning trials in traffic court. Thank you.
0: I like the introduction, superstar.
1: Yeah, well, I think you're a superstar.
0: (laughs) That's nice. I think you're a superstar too, Kyla.
1: Oh, uh, thank you. I did just win a Twitter poll, uh, and I was named the most high-profile lawyer in Vancouver, beating out David Eby.
0: Oh, that's uh, that's pretty big.
1: It's a, it's a very dubious honor. <laughs> there were only 170 votes, so, I mean, odds were.
0: <laughs> did I get any write-in votes?
1: No, unfortunately not. You're Maybe. not active Maybe. enough on Twitter.
0: Well, this is the start. We'll retweet. Yeah. Yeah, we'll retweet this podcast.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Um, so I wanted to talk to you first about this crazy thing, speaking of Vancouver, that the city of Vancouver wants to do. Um, I'm not sure if you saw the announcement, but they're essentially trying to uh, create a situation where they they make people pay a fee, it's some type of parking tax for people who purchase new vehicles that are gas powered. If you want to park it at your house in Vancouver, you have to pay like $1,000 a year.
0: That's quite a high fine for parking a car. What if you don't want to drive it? What if you just want to look at it? What about car enthusiasts (laughs) that just want to work on their car?
1: Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's car enthusiasts who just want to work on their cars. There's also people who have multiple cars because they're running businesses or who have multiple cars because they have families and they have family obligations and they need, you know, vehicles to get, you know, two parents to work and kids to activities and things like that. And to force people in those circumstances to have to buy electric when it might not be feasible for them. To afford multiple electric vehicles. I, I think is it's essentially a tax on people based on their economic status.
0: My whole issue with this kind of thing, and it's another, and it's another thing that I thought about from some time now, since uh, um with carbon taxes and, and what they do with gas prices, is that I'm not fully against it, but especially in Vancouver, I can kind of see it um in some other areas obviously this probably wouldn't this wouldn't be the case uh, at least not for a long time but let's say they tried to instill something like that in the interior or somewhere that didn't have the infrastructure uh yep. public transit and of charging stations and things like that um it would be really ridiculous where people like don't have any other options and that was kind of something i was thinking about when carbon tax could, uh, was, was picking up uh, a couple of years ago um and it's still the same kind of thing, because if you're saying everyone needs an electric vehicle, I know I was reading an article um, somewhat recently where a bunch of a lot of people have moved back from electric vehicles to gas. Um, mm-hmm. And there was the idea, at least maybe it was just in our heads, but over the last year or so, um, that once you made the jump to become an electric vehicle owner, you'd never go back. Uh, <laughs> but that hasn't been the case. No nope. um and it seems likely just because of the infrastructure, right not enough charging stations uh, it's really difficult if you do, if you live in an apartment or a condo, which is a lot of people in Vancouver mm-hmm. uh, so there's a lot of things that they're not thinking about and that's always the infrastructure thing is always what I think about when you're when you're putting some people to such a task uh like it could be anything uh, like the other example I have is like, When they move from bring your own grocery bags or whatever, and you have a five cent tax, it's not that hard to have to get use reusable bags. It can be very difficult to change your whole uh, life and your business and your um, the way you get around without the proper infrastructure change. Although, um, with all that being said, I do like the idea behind it in theory. um, You know what it's trying to promote, I guess.
1: Yeah, but, you know, it's not just the regular infrastructure, it's also even if you had the infrastructure, like if if you had every home capable of connecting to a vehicle to charge it, which is not reasonable, and the house I rent, I would not be able to charge my car if I had an electric car, there's nowhere that I could run power, I'd have to run power like a cord all the way across the sidewalk through my fence (laughs) to my car and people would trip over it and then I'd get sued and you would represent them and sue me (laughs) and uh, you know, it would be a disaster. And then you have people, you know, you have homeowners who have an electric car, and then you'll have their tenants, you know, the city wants to encourage people because they've got the empty homes tax, they want to encourage people to rent their basement suites and do all of these things. And you might not have enough power generated in one house to charge multiple cars you might not have enough outlets out like running out of your house into the street to charge multiple electrical vehicles for the multiple tenants of these multi-family dwellings that we see very commonly in Vancouver like I I just see this as being incredibly short sighted um because it you know even putting aside the city infrastructure it doesn't recognize the realities of how people are living in our cities
0: and just in general I mean that's Even for people that live in Vancouver, I mean, electric cars are still not, you know, they're not easy to get yet. And we're still a few years away from everyone being able to just grab an electric car. Like you can get a, you know, your average used car off the lot where most people can afford and it's something that they need in their life. Uh, We still aren't there yet with electric cars. Um, So like for me, right. Uh, Let's see, I I started articling 2017. I had just moved to. To BC to do that, I needed a car. Um, if I had to park in Vancouver and I was looking at the prices, and I need an electric car for someone that's you know just a school articling student, there's no option for me usually. To uh, no. I was able to get like a used you know Kia, which was great. I still have it. Um,
1: <laughs> I saw it the other day.
0: Yeah, it's it's there in front of the office yeah. most days uh, whenever you're in <laughs> Richmond. Um, but yeah, I mean. It's that's it, we're still not at that point, and hopefully we'll get there in the next few years. I guess that's the idea uh, where you can get an electric car the same kind of way.:
1: Shifting gears. And that is a pun. Um, I wanted to talk to you about somebody who shifted gears to try and avoid responsibility for their cell phone ticket. I thought you would get a kick out of this because uh, you like doing tickets and you like cases with hilarious facts. Um, So this was a woman who was facing a charge for using her electronic device while driving. Um, She was on her way to Starbucks with her kid in the car. And uh, she had opened the Starbucks app to order her drink and then realized, oh, Starbucks is closed so she put her phone down and then started driving and while she's in the left turning lane waiting at a red light to make a left turn she realizes oh the app's still running i'd better quit the app so that i don't eat up my data or whatever well, um so been she's
0: expensive for her
1: yeah i know right It was expensive at
0: I... 368 dollars
1: <laughs> I'd pay the $40 in data charges for the overage that month instead of the ticket, but okay. Um, So she puts her car in park while she's in a driving lane, and then grabs her phone, closes the app, puts the car back in drive, and gets pulled over and issued a ticket.
0: Did she win? Guilty. No, there's no way. She won in traffic court. Did she?
1: She did, yes. The Crown appealed because it was stupid. Like how could you how could you win that like that's what i don't understand how she won that in traffic org
0: did she lose on appeal though yes the motor vehicle act is fairly clear that you have to be parked and out of the roadway
1: yeah you have to be parked State and traffic. out of the way of traffic like <laughs> did they just not read the rest of oh parked okay well she put the car in park like just going down the highway. Imagine like you're on Highway One, you're headed to Chilliwack, and then you get a text message that you can't ignore. I'll just slow down. I'll put my car in park in the middle of the highway and read the text message.
0: Like, how I absurd! Mean, the, the electronic device uh, legislation is like, as we complain about it and how it was drafted and how outdated it is all the time. That's one of the few portions of it that's very clear. Yep. And um, yeah, no, I'm surprised that she won a traffic court. Good
1: for her. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I was I was impressed with her traffic court win. Of course, she lost on appeal because the BC Supreme Court judge I think probably laughed as hard as 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 I did when I first read it. Um, but there's a silver lining. And this is the weird part. After the um justice in traffic or in in Supreme Court uh overturned her acquittal, the crown stood up and stayed the charge. Mm. So like they just did it for the principal?
0: Well, I actually like that because I I when when you say that they appealed, I really hate when crowns appeal traffic court decisions because it's really just, you know, it's it's just not Sour necessary grapes. most of the time to to drag like your average person to Supreme Court for a traffic ticket. They already had to take time off work to probably mm-hmm. go for this one ticket and it was their, you know, their mundane court probably in their whole life. And, um, yeah, and, and what and what, are, going what
1: what are they getting out of it? hundred and nine dollars or three hundred and sixty eight dollars? Like it costs more to have the lawyer like even think about appealing it.
0: But I guess they didn't want that precedent that was clearly wrong out there. So I appreciate what the crown did there. Um, I think I who who was the crown for it? I think I looked it up.
1: No, oh, I you know I never looked that. Up. <laughs> was it Nicholas Reitmeier? Maybe. I know the, the case you and I were discussing earlier tonight was Nicholas Reitmeyer, and that was also a crown appeal. Okay.
0: I got that. I think I got my cases mixed up because that's the, yes. one, the only one I have open now. Anyway. Well, that, that was have, also an
1: irritating one. The guy's convicted of regular speeding instead of excessive speeding and the crown appeals to, to what end to get a, a couple hundred more dollars out of him.
0: Um, yeah. I mean, uh, did they stay that one too in the end?
1: No, he was wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, 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 He st- he still had to pay his hundred and ninety-six dollar fine. <laughs> the mm. crowd still got three points on his record. <laughs> like, I don't know. It just it does it does often seem like sour grapes when they appeal something that's so minor. Um, there was a case a little while ago where they appealed a red light or a speeding camera ticket because the judicial justice reduced the fine. From 196 to
0: 138. That's, uh, I understand why they did that. You can't have injustices like that going on.
1: Yes, God forbid some people pay slightly less money for their speeding tickets that maybe they didn't even get. I don't know. Anyway, what's the most ridiculous defense you've ever heard to a a speeding or cell phone ticket?
0: Um. I don't know. There's probably one I'm not thinking of. I mean, I can only think of the, the same ones we hear all, all the time, or I wasn't using it. I was just holding it.
1: Yeah. yeah, uh, that's, that's using it.
0: <laughs> parked one. There, there was an interesting one recently as you know, um, all the, I know your fancy car has it, mine doesn't, but you know how most of the new cars now like turn off when they're idling at a red light or, or whatever. Uh, and then the engine kind of starts up again. I don't even know what it's called, but I think you're, you yes
1: it it used to do it it doesn't do it anymore it's broken
0: okay yeah. well uh most of the new cars that uh that work do that uh and then anyway so <laughs> you know where i'm going with this the mm-hmm. uh, they said oh the car was turned off because the car turns itself off so i wasn't i wasn't driving so i wasn't using my phone kind of thing
1: that's just like the uh the starbucks this one yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, at least she tried like at least she was making an effort to comply she thought about the law and she just got it oh, wrong whereas the, yeah. yeah um the other ones what are uh i've heard of uh when i watched a trial and the guy ended up acquitted he said he was holding his costco card not his phone And he brought his Costco card to court and it was like small and black and shiny on the front. And he's like, see, this is my Costco card. That's what was in my hand. Cause I was like thinking about going to Costco. And so I picked up my wallet to see if I had my Costco card and there were two officers. It was in Victoria. So, you know, who was prosecuting it who listens to this podcast, shout out, howdy Mm -hmm. constable suitor. And I think it was constable Christians. Uh, that was well, Sergeant Souter, sorry. Um, it was Constable Christians that was testifying. And I think he conceded in cross examination that it could have been a Costco card. And the guy was acquitted on that basis.
0: Well, that's what I was going to ask the follow up question. I said, Did he not cross him and say, Why were you holding a Costco card up to your head or, mm-hmm. your, or whatever? Or I guess, I guess he could have just been holding it down nearby texting Yeah. Let's go guard.
1: Yeah, it's holding in his lap.
0: <laughs> well, that's that's popular as well. Just I was holding something else, or I was looking down at something else, uh, the yeah. wallet, and that kind of thing. It's uh, that you hear that as well too. I'm sure there's there's a ridiculous ridiculous one that I know that I've heard that I can't think of now on the spots if I had some time, maybe for the next episode that we do, I'm sure I can come up with a bunch because I know we both hear them all day, every day, it seems.
1: Oh, yeah, I did get a judgment on the like, looking at something else where the officer had said that his attention was drawn to my client because he was looking down. And then he had his phone and his cup holder. this was back. This was the cup holder case that I did. And uh, I asked the officer about what else was in the cup holder. And there was a coffee cup there. And I said, couldn't he have been looking at his coffee cup? Sometimes coffee cups have writing on the side. Maybe he was looking to see how full it was. Maybe he was thinking, do I want another drink of coffee? And the officer agreed that all of that was possible. And the, the judicial justice and the reasons, there's like three paragraphs of how much he loves coffee and how much people love looking I, at I their coffee in cups.
0: In I remember I was <laughs> yes, it was he, so he weird. Said, uh, he said something about like people looking adoringly at their coffee cups. Yes. And... <laughs> yeah.
1: It was great. That was that was one of my favorite judgments. <laughs>
0: <But he> lost, <laughs> Which I then got overturned. You won. won on appeal, but
1: <laughs> um okay well this was fast. This was great. Do you have any other thoughts that you want to share with our listeners about uh, the cell phone cases? Uh,
0: no, I don't think so. Uh, okay. it, I feel like it's been quiet for a bit with this. So we had like a, a run there a few months where we had a bunch of new cell phone case cases come up. Uh, oh, yep. I guess there was that there was the radio dispatch one recently. But other than that, it's been it's been settled for a while. I thought we had like a run from from the one that you mentioned, Partridge on there was like four cases in a row that had kind of clarified things and it seems like many of the issues have settled down we'd still like them to redraft the legislation but that's probably not going to happen so we're at least in a little bit better place
1: yeah i think it's partly like i think people are feeling discouraged because there were a couple that were unsuccessful appeals and then you know tanhauser was overturned by the court of appeal um I I think people got a little, like, gun-shy about appealing their cell phone cases. But if you're listening and you have a cell phone ticket, challenge it. And if you lose, talk to your lawyer or talk to a lawyer, if you do it yourself, about a potential appeal. Because the law is not clear. And you should be able to take advantage of the lack of clarity in the law to attempt to make it more clear for everybody else and also maybe succeed.
0: And if you have a Tannhauser-type argument, Kyla will happily take it to the Supreme Court of Canada.
1: Sure. Why not? Well, I got nothing better to do we're left
0: with it. I still think that, <laughs> that the decision was not the best decision. We could take that one to the Supreme Court of Canada.
1: I, I mean, I was I was tempted, other than the lack of national you know, importance.
0: I <laughs> believe would be tricky, but uh yes. we have faith we could figure it out somehow.
1: Yeah, if you have a really good nationally important cell phone case, give me a call. I'll take it all the way to the SCC. All right, well, thank you for joining me, Brandon. This was wonderful, and it was nice to have you back on the podcast.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: And uh, enjoy the rest of your night.
0: I will, you too.
1: Okay, (laughs) bye.
0: All right, bye-bye.
1: It's now time for the Ridiculous Driver of the Week. The Ridiculous Driver of the Week. And this week's Ridiculous Driver, to me, is just hilarious. Um, Several years ago, I had a trial in Massett and uh, had to rent a car when I was up there. And one of the things that they told me was, oh, whatever you do, don't uh, drive your car on the beach. This guy proves why they say don't drive your car on the beach. This was a truck driver who was fined at the Tawasson Ferry Terminal, or near the Tawasson Ferry Terminal, uh, who drove his pickup truck, his Dodge Ram pickup truck, out onto the sandy beach at low tide and got stuck in the sand. Um, He tried to get it out. He drove through. He tried to dig it out. He tried to back up slowly. Nothing was working. That truck was stuck. They eventually had to call the fire department to get the truck out, and Delta police showed up at the same time, finding the truck essentially sunk into its axles. Uh, The driver of the truck was ticketed under two um, uh, statutes, Uh, first under the Tuasun First Nations uh, violation for harvesting or damaging resources on the nation's public land, as well as a ticket under the Off-Road Vehicle Act, which is an act that applies to careless driving when a vehicle is driven off-road. And this is actually a really interesting charge because it doesn't apply on roadways, but it does apply to trucks that are driven off-roadways. However, unlike a regular driving without due care and attention charge under the Motor Vehicle Act, where it only requires that the driver fail to demonstrate due care and attention while operating the vehicle, the off-road Motor Vehicle Act charge also requires an element that the manner in which the vehicle is driven is likely to cause harm uh, or or injury or death. And there doesn't seem to be, from the description provided by witnesses and police in the media reports, any injury or death here. It was ridiculous. It was obviously without due care and attention. But I don't think it necessarily is going to rise to the level necessary to qualify this this ridiculous driver for a Motor Vehicle uh, Act uh, off-road Uh, ticket as opposed to a uh, regular motor vehicle act ticket which also wouldn't apply and that's our podcast thank you for tuning in to another episode of driving law thank you to brandon for joining us this week if you need to reach us you can find us online at uh, VancouverCriminalLaw.com, or give us a call at 604-685-8889 and tune in next week for another exciting episode of driving law